Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mind Your Works Unscripted, a series for candid discussions with less preparation and more conversation. Today, we're going to talk to you about pharmacological cognitive enhancement. I had to practice wow. that about 10 times before getting it right, I think. First try on, on recording, though. That's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, beneficial to warm up before you actually record. So what is that? Pharmacological cognitive enhancement, or PCE, is the practice of consuming some kind of medication to enhance your cognitive performance. It's basically like mental steroids. And what we wanted to talk to you guys about today is their use, what domains they're used in, why they're used, and kind of talk about some of the, the IO psych stuff and, and ethics surrounding it as well. Oh, and by the way, I'm here with Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I was like silently waiting. I was like, if he doesn't introduce me, I'm just going to introduce myself. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm really bad at introducing people, <laughs> even at parties. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not one of my strong suits. Well, I, I think this is a I think this is a really, really interesting topic. And in part when we briefly discussed it before we decided to do it, is it's one of those where we think it's probably really difficult in terms of handling it from for an organization. What are they exactly supposed to do about it? And would they be willing to do something about it? And should they do something about it? That kind of realm I think all kind of ties together. In this, in this really interesting place when you talk about this, because ultimately, and, and we briefly discussed this, if you're using some sort of drug, the organization gets to reap the benefits of a really highly productive, highly focused worker, but they don't have to necessarily, as far as I know, go out of their way to deal with it, right? You're doing this on your own. You're making a choice, right? We're not talking about organizations pushing this on their employees, aside from the fact that there might be an organizational norm that is just kind of implicit that this is a thing that most of us do and it seems to be working out for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the workplace, employees' use of, of, of cognitively enhancing drugs is mostly coming from competitive pressure to perform as well as your as your peers and really contribute right. to the organization. But let's back up and talk a little bit about what we mean by PCE here. Like what, what are the drugs, where are they used and things like that. So when we talk about cognitive enhancement, that is an umbrella term for using any pharmaceutical substance to enhance your, your, your cognitive performance. The most common kinds of drugs that people will use, and this is, this is common in, across school, um, work, and in some sports as well, are ADHD drugs. So okay. attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder drugs. The, the, these are amphetamine-based drugs. They're in that same family. The dosage is scaled down, so they're not as you know addictive as like illegal amphetamines, but they go by brand names such as like Ritalin, Adderall, or newer ones like Vivens or Avicio that have different like mechanisms of, of acting on the body. But these are all the same kind of family of drugs. And, and basically they act by enhancing your ability to focus. They were developed in the first place to, to help with ADHD. So obviously they help with focus. But a really common practice that I think is increasing in recent years is people using these substances, healthy individuals, to improve their performance. Because if, if someone with attention deficit takes a drug like this, it, help, it helps them to focus. You know, people have heard about kids uh, getting prescribed this sort of stuff in school because they just can't sit down, they can't concentrate, and their academic performance skyrockets after that. Right. And when you take a healthy person and you give them this drug, it enhances their ability to focus to apparently otherworldly levels. They can focus for, you know, 12, 16 hours or whatever um, through the night, uh, which is particularly helpful when you're cramming for an exam or have a project to finish. I think the great point you made that was the idea that, well, one of the major ways you might use this is for a sense of competitive advantage and not necessarily for advantage over your peers, but in order to keep up with your peers, right? You can imagine if someone has the ability to work 
12 to 16 hours on this really big project and kind of finish things ahead of time, keep up with a work demand that is much higher than normal than you would expect with someone who's not using these kinds of drugs. That is probably going to place a lot of pressure on their peers to keep up in order to be up for the same kinds of promotions to get the same kind of performance reviews as that person, right? Yeah, exactly. And especially if you're working with people who are just generally more adept or more experienced or or gifted than you are at the job and you have to work longer hours to keep up i can imagine for people who would be tempting to to take a drug to enhance focus to help you keep up and really put in those hours and potentially be more efficient as well so aside from you personally choosing to use the drug i could also see an angle for this where there's a norm right at my organization our department like our team has such a high workload that a lot of people are using these drugs to keep up so it, you can feel a sense of pressure, not necessarily explicit. No one's maybe forcing you to use these, but a sense that, hey, in order to be part of the team, in order to keep up with the way that we're doing things, I probably need to be using these similar drugs in order to perform up to the appropriate level, right? So it's not just I want to kind of keep up for in terms of my personal career, but there's also a, a norm here that is pressuring me to feel like I have to do this in order to keep up as well. That's an interesting and kind of scary thought, thinking about a a work culture that uh, encourages the use of performance enhancing drugs. I think where it is probably most common is is in schools among students. I think it's pretty common for for students to give each other drugs and and say, hey, this will help you study or, or whatever. What's interesting is that typically when you think about consumption of like illicit substances, it is for the purpose of recreation. Whereas in this case, we have students and and employees and other individuals taking these drugs to actually do better, to be more keen, to to achieve things, which is in our society's eyes, a, a very positive goal that's worth pursuing. So it's interesting. I mean, you're doing something potentially illegal, um, provides you're not getting these drugs through, through, a, through a doctor directly, just to do better and to contribute to society and be more successful. So it's actually a very interesting contrast there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like I, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, the organization is reaping the benefits of that, right? The difference between someone who is uh, someone who has a substance problem, usually that interferes with their work, right? It makes them basically to per- perform less well over time than someone who is not on these drugs. Sorry, someone who is not on a typical substance abuse kind of paradigm of drugs. But for someone who's using these kind of cognitive enhancing drugs, ideally these are probably the top performers in your organization, you would imagine, or someone who was having a problem performing before who might not be up to par. It's a very different kind of problem, right? Yeah, it's it's a completely different kind of problem. And I don't know if organizations will ever really have to deal with it directly because they're not, as you mentioned, they're not explicitly encouraging it. But the, the competitive demands and the achievement striving norms of our culture are kind of demanding it of, of employees because we just, want to, we just want to do better. We want to keep up. Um, and so I guess this, this kind of raises the question, is doing this okay? Is cognitive enhancement in a work environment ethical is it is it good i mean should people be encouraged to to do better i mean if if you're doing better work and you're working longer hours provided you're not sacrificing your own well-being which is a whole other issue we can talk about is there something inherently or morally wrong with this if you're not doing any harm yeah i think this is interesting because we we sometimes cover a pretty like narrow version of the workplace but something we have talked about before and on first unscripted was sport as a workplace And it was pretty easy for us to draw this parallel to, you know, sport as a workplace and the use of drugs there in terms of steroids and in terms of basically any kind of drug that helps, you know, um, employees in this case, players perform better, but also recover better from injuries. And what has been the response in that workplace in comparison to how we might handle it in the traditional kind of office workplace? 
Yeah, so I, I think you raise a really good point about the potential parallels between steroid use, for example, in, in, in a sports environment and cognitive enhancement in a work environment. Because in both cases, you are, you're enhancing performance, right? And in the, in the sports world, there's a very, very negative perception around steroids and an athletic performance enhancement as compared to the work world. I would argue that the reason why steroid use is perceived so negatively in, in sports is because people want to see natural, raw human performance. People want to see exceptional performance that's kind of like unadulterated, unenhanced, and in its purest form. Because it's it's entertainment-based necessarily, right? And if you if you enhance the performance of an individual artificially, you lose that sense of authenticity. Whereas when you talk about cognitive enhancement in a work environment, really the goal of the organization is basically profitability um, at its core right? and, and generating value for, for shareholders. But I mean, if, if you have an employee taking performance-enhancing drugs and that is just helping the organization improve the bottom line, who's going to argue with that? Yeah. So you think in part it's kind of a, like in, in traditional sports as an organization, Yes, success is important for the organization, but because it's potentially entertainment-based and there's kind of these other stakeholders like fans, how we get there matters. But for most organizations in terms of regular industry, it's just, no, no, no. What matters is that we win, aka we know we make more money, we improve profitability. And you could see parallels to that in the way that, you know, organizations, you know, do massive layoffs in order to cut down for, you know, when they're going on the market uh, in terms of making their company public and all that stuff, right? So it seems like they don't have to worry so much about the perceptions of how they do things. They just want to get whatever the win is in this case. Is, is that a fair comparison? I think to an extent, yeah. I, I think that obviously working conditions for employees are really important and, and that organizations have to be ethical in terms of how they accomplish things. But when it comes to like cognitive enhancement employees, I don't think we're seeing enough negative consequences or backlash for employees like in terms of well-being, at least directly, for, from using these drugs. That, is, that organizations are really going to suffer from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's a fairly new phenomenon, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm honestly not very aware in terms of the history of something like pharmacological cognitive enhancement, uh, <laughs> whether that's been around a very, very long time or is it just a more recent thing. So we don't necessarily understand the long-term health effects yet, right? Is that fair to say? It's interesting you bring that up because the use of amphetamines uh, for performance enhancement in like an academic context actually has been around for a while. Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a, a mathematician, I think I'm pronouncing this right. His name is Paul Erdos. He was famous for his contributions to mathematics, but he was also famous as a heavy user of amphetamines. And, oh, wow. And some would credit his contributions to to mathematics and his, his exceptional productivity due to his, his uh, use of amphetamines. So this, this has been around for quite a while. I, I think he probably suffered negative con health consequences of it, although he lived into his 80s. But th this, this has been around for a while. I think it's definitely becoming way more common, especially as you know pharmaceutical amphetamine-based drugs like Concerted Adderall um, are starting to become more and more common. People are picking up the use of it. And these like new drugs, I, I think, are basically soften or scale down or slightly different forms of amphetamines that don't necessarily have the immediate negative consequences or withdrawal symptoms as like harder amphetamines like like speed would, mm -hmm. like street versions of the drug. But that said, like, I think you're right that we, we don't know about the long-term negative consequences of what these drugs would do to the human brain. So overall, it sounds like this leaves us in IL. 
in kind of a difficult position because obviously, I mean, I think ethically and any other psychologist would say, well, anything that's causing harm to your employees is probably not a good thing. You probably shouldn't be supporting or promoting that practice, even if you don't have some sort of policy that, that puts it into place. But at the same time, it feels like it's one of those things where it's so driven by implicit norms and the culture and the people you work with and even individual differences, right? People who are maybe really driven to perform or who yeah. are really seeking that promotion that might make it really hard to kind of handle this at all as an issue, right? It's not like in sports where, you know, we, we can have a commissioner come in and say, well, we have these rules in place for individuals to be punished or to be reprimanded in some way if they use performance enhancing drugs. And we have also, you know, these laws, well, these, uh, interventions in place to deal with the organizations that allow this to occur, right? There's a reason why organizations might be, in terms of the sport realm, be looking to stop this from from happening in terms of their own players, right? Right. And I mean, if organizations work to, to discourage that, it wouldn't benefit the company anyway. So, so I mean, it would have to be almost legislatively, right? Like it would have to be a government putting in rules in place that would basically try to get people to stop using these sort of performance enhancing drugs at work. But here's the problem is that these drugs, which we're labeling performance enhancing right now, were originally developed to assist people who did have real psychological disorders like ADHD. However, the issue, the, the, the big issue here is that the diagnosis of ADHD is such an imprecise process. There's an entire body of academic literature actually dedicated towards ADHD malingering, like people who fake symptoms. And it's about how to detect patients when they're faking um, ADHD so they can get these drugs because it's, it's such a commonly overdiagnosed illness and they're, they're just doling out these drugs left, right, and center very, very easily. And the actual diagnosis process is not an exact science. So how do you separate issues where someone is actually using the drug for cognitive enhancement for, from someone who actually truly needs the drug to function normally in society because individuals like that do exist they they rely on those drugs to to function but there's it, it's a continuum there's a lot there's a lot of gray area there as well in terms of the severity of someone's condition and where do you draw the line and how do you impose legislation to separate the the healthy from the unhealthy individuals and the use of this drug yeah i, I think this is a fascinating issue because this is one of those issues that io is going to have to contend with as and, and not even just IELTS psychologists, managers are going to have to contend with, but we don't really have a way of handling it right now, right? It seems like it's one of those where it's just on the bubble of becoming something that we're, it's coming over the horizon probably, as it sounds like these, are, these drugs are becoming more popular. And we don't really have a lot of precedent to deal with them in our own industries. No, we, we really don't. And there, there's actually a really interesting article that I found a while back that I'll, I'll, I'll link in the show notes once I find it again. It was a, a, an article written by a bunch of different academics um, in different disciplines like law and medicine, biology, et cetera. I think uh, psychiatry as well, actually arguing for the benefits of cognitive enhancement. And wow. their thesis was basically that we should be promoting um, the creation of more drugs to, to cognitively enhance individuals. And I think that the thesis was less on like, we should be doing it more, but we should do it. It's going to happen anyway. So we should be doing it right. And we should try and get all domains of society to cooperate and work in sync to create research programs for these drugs to enable people to, you know, create them and consume them and test them safely. Because right now there's, you know, relatively less funding and, and society's not set up to allow people to take these drugs for cognitive enhancement because it's still, at least on the surface, kind of a, a taboo topic, right? But if society is to accept that, you know, cognitive enhancement is the way humanity is going and we build structures around that to make it acceptable, 
it'll actually make the the outcome better for everyone because there'll be more funding going towards, you know, safe development and use and testing of these of these substances. Right. And drugs designed specifically for performance enhancement in terms of cognitive function rather than using something that is for treating like ADHD or or an actual other Exactly. Illness. Yeah. Exactly. And I I really don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's it's one of those like ethical gray areas that is really kind of difficult to, to really firmly come down on one side of. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think this, I guess this is the point where we also do our own key takeaways for the episode. And it's and this is a difficult one um, because I'm not sure that there's a strong stand you can take right now ra- other than having a strong personal opinion about it. In terms of my own thoughts about it, I think the key takeaway for me would be to say, this is the kind of thing that we want to know more of. So if you're interested in how this may be affecting your own workplace, try to keep tabs on what the research literature is trying to do here. Are they finding that there are ways to do this without the potential negative consequences for someone's health? I think that's the most interesting part about this, whether if there is a way to use these kinds of drugs that ultimately don't impact a person's health, it brings a lot of the concerns I have with this down. Although it does still keep the idea of fairness in mind, right? What happens if there's someone using these drugs versus someone that isn't using these drugs in the workplace? Is there some sort of of thing we have to contend with there in terms of fairness, in in terms of opportunity, in terms of performance that cannot be compared one to the other, right? Yeah, my my takeaway is actually pretty similar. And and I kind of side on slightly on on the no side of the issue that we shouldn't be, you know, readily producing and encouraging the use of cognitively enhancing drugs because I think it has potential to increase inequality in society, um, especially in a capitalist society where organizations have the choice to basically price their their drug or their product at whatever point they want to, you know, based on market demand. It has potential to actually further increase the gap between the rich and the poor. Because yeah, I, I can imagine a society where individuals who are very financially well-off have easy access to these drugs, which would allow them to maintain their status at the top of society. Whereas individuals who are you know, down their luck and don't have access to resources, it would make the bar even higher for them to compete with others who have access to these substances. So from an equality standpoint, it looks pretty grim, I, I, I think. And so I've, I've got pretty big concerns about that. And it, and it kind of parallels your, your concerns related to fairness in the workplace. Absolutely. I think that the question of access is actually a really interesting take on this that maybe is not readily obvious when we just look at whether this improves performance or not, right? And whether it has negative or positive health consequences. So that's what we have for you guys today. Hope you found the the discussion interesting and got you thinking about a potentially interesting and relevant topic to organizations today. As always, if you want to reach us or listen to more episodes, you can go to mindyourwork.io or reach out to us at mindyourworkpodcast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at mindyourworkio. And we're always looking for, particularly for the unscripted episodes, we're always looking for interesting things to talk about. So it could be an article, it could be a random topic, it could be a video. So if you have any ideas for that and you want to hear us kind of ramble on a bit about our thoughts and what the little bit that we can apply from IO um, to these topics, just let us know. We always love to find something new to talk about. Thanks as always. And thanks for listening. I'm Nicholas. I'm Jose. And we'll see you soon.
Okay, perfect. Just making sure the little right. line is squiggling around. It is squiggling around. Okay. It's squiggling. That's all you need. I need the squiggles. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. 